And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the New York Talk. This is the Rodham United podcast. And it's their loss. It's not very often this season, um, but we have a lot to talk about and there's, there's plenty to unpack, to be honest with you. Uh, we'll try and keep it as upbeat and as positive as possible, but I uh, I hold no guarantees on that one. Um, we have <laughs> Danny is back with us. Thank you for joining us, Danny. Hello, everybody. I just want to apologise in advance if we run over and uh, we disrupt Peter Blinders because, like Matt says, we do have a lot to unpack this evening. Yeah. I suspect it will go. Make sure you just warning now put Peter Blinders on record because we are going to go over uh, over the hour tonight. Uh, will Daniels is back with us. Thank you for joining us, Will. Hello. Thanks for having me back. It's been a while, hasn't it? But uh, yeah, must have yeah. uh, must have done something decent to uh, get an invite. <laughs> Uh, it's, the shrew- it's the clip from the Shrewsbury bus, Will. That's why we've brought you back. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And we have the birthday boy, Michael. Thank you for joining us, Vic, on your special day. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been uh, it's been a very busy day. Has it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're we're going to sing happy birthday to you, but well after after yesterday, the last thing everyone needs is bringing down a few more peglets into our singing. So <laughs> hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. I haven't my singing. I've not heard either Danny or Will singing. Maybe brilliant singers. Uh, yeah, don't listen to my singing. <laughs> the, the cat dying will be more uh, audible for your ears than my singing. But anyway, raise a drink to make happy birthday, Mick. Happy birthday, Mick. Thank you. Um, that's the good news. Uh, the show done. Uh, let's move on to yesterday. Well, how is it good news? How is that good I mean, news? That it's my birthday. Are normally good news, aren't they? Yeah, they might be. Yeah, but <laughs> not every day you're 21, mate. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. That's very true. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. For about 45 minutes yesterday, for longer than that, we were all but promoted, and then <laughs> it all started to go wrong. 
Um, two one lost uh, MK Dons in what was the biggest game of the season. Fluffed our chance lasted to go thirteen points clear with ten games left. Now seven points clear with ten games left. Um, and MK Dons do play midweek in the league while we don't. So we'll come on to league standings later on. Um, Mick, it was really frustrating. Cause I thought first half I tweeted out from the New York Talk account at half time saying it was so comfortable. And at first half, we, we sussed them out, we pressed them to death. They, they weren't really hurting us other than our counter-attack here and there. Um, we looked like at times we were toying with them a little bit. And that hurt us. The fact we were doing that hurt us. Yeah, it did. It did. Uh, I said to you about 10 minutes after the penalty went in that we, we need to kill them off now. Uh, they were rattled. Um, Lewington got himself booked with his mouth. Um, you know, and, and they were rattled. And we just did not, we didn't kill them off and we should have done. We needed to do, we needed that ruthless streak uh, that we had earlier in the season it's, and it's not there at the moment. Uh, but I think I also said to you at the beginning of the game, we look nervous and I thought we did. Mm. Uh, I thought we were nervous throughout the game. Um, maybe the game's been built up a little bit too much, I don't know. But um, one, he's had him in, he had him in an hour after... Smart, After the final yeah. whistle, something like that, uh, there'll have been a few few home truths spoken, and I suspect that we might see a very, very different team next week, uh, a very, very different performance. I think, I mean, it's been said on social media over the last sort of 24 hours, this has been coming, and it has been coming. It's been coming for a while now. So now is perhaps a very good time for it to happen. It could have been done against another side, perhaps. Uh, we could have perhaps done with losing to Shrewsbury. Quite honestly, but anyway, that is what it is, <laughs> isn't it? But um, I, what I would say to you is that if in August I'd have said, right, we've got ten games to go, with seven points clear of third, will you take it? I think you'd have snatched both hands off, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose you're right. Um, there was changes at the start of the game. Uh, the midfield three basically went back to normal. Uh, Balasa, Rathbone and Wiles. Um, Woody came out and Matic... Did Matic come in? Matic came in for him, essentially, didn't he? Mm, and then yeah. Wes Harding moved back to the centre while Chio moved back to the right. Ferguson came on the left as well. Um, and it felt, well, that, you know, that's our str- almost our strong... Other than Woody and maybe maybe Reg, basically our strongest level. I, we, I was quite happy, quite confident. Um, and it were all right the first half. It were It weren't amazing... But we were a better team for me. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, against a side like MK Dons, you need mobility in your back line. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's probably why Woody didn't take part in the game. Um, after a minute or so, when Troy Parrott went through on goal um, and obviously missed his one-on-one, I were a little bit concerned uh, about the leadership at the back and, yeah. and the communication, um, which obviously reared its head uh, for the first goal. Um, and I guess for the second as well, to some extent. Um, but overall, we picked, I thought, the right side on the day. And certainly for the first half, it, it worked really, really well. The, the problem for us was when uh, MK then changed tactically um, to suit the game situation. And, and sadly, we didn't deal very well with that. No, we didn't. Um, let's talk, let's, again, there's some positive, there is some positive news. Dan Barlasser with... I can't, I can't remember any goals he's got this season, Danny, but goal just three or four days after his son's been born. Um, I know he didn't win the game, but still, a, I imagine, a special moment for him. 
Yeah, I think so. And his uh, his missus tweeted out a picture of um, their baby watching the game, and it's like, bless him, he's learning how Rotherham operate really well. His dad scored, <laughs> and then we bottle it, starting him young. Well done, Jade. Um, but yeah. Yeah, typical bar that's a penalty. He went for the power straight down the middle and keeper stood no chance, to be fair. Um penalty it was a penalty, despite what MK's admin thought. What? Um <laughs> Yeah, they're to it about going, Oh, is you falling in the box like is it? It's like, mate, he, he shoved him to the floor and he looked like a man. It, it's a red card. But it looks like we needed the tissues in the press room after the game and not their admin, but anyway. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think I think Barlaster had an all a good game. Um, I think I, I don't I don't know. It, it, it's part of the the pack that looks a little bit jaded and fatigued, you know, because we brought him off after sixty odd minutes. Yeah, sixty yeah. seventy odd minutes. Um, and, and I do think it's just tiredness now. I think we've played a lot of games over the last month, a couple of months. Um, and I think it is just starting to show now. So I think the rest on Wednesday is needed. But great day for for the Barlasser household. I think I think we were all screaming at the telly when when he scored the penalty, weren't they? <laughs> hmm. Especially Alison. I, I think Alison were doing laps around the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's go through some comments. Donna's only here for mixed rant. She's got the popcorn ready. <laughs> I just don't know what the rant's going to be about. We may get one. Um, Andrew Kelly's with us. Thank you for joining us. J-Boy with a good one, but we deserve to lose. Last time I saw it actually play well was it switch away, which was some time ago now. Um, yeah. uh, Jamie, don't mind losing. Either. It's performance that's frustrating. Icky should be screaming at his defence to push out for the first goal. Played him on side. Uh, the ball has waiting, wanting the foul, no communication. Um, lost, lost to unpack. Lots and lots to unpack. Mick, let's go. Let's fast forward to the first goal from M MK Dons. We're, back, we're going to go back and forth on all topics. Hmm. Um... I thought it was offside. Now, the, the, the replays don't really tell you because of how the frames are, but I was absolutely convinced that it was offside. It wouldn't have made any difference, would it? It could, it could have been stood on goal line at linesman wouldn't have get it. <laughs> I mean, if, if Donna wants a rant, we'll talk about him. I think it was offside. My view is it was offside. Yeah. But I've no evidence. You can't see it from the TV replays and everything else. Um, but I'm basing that on the fact that, one, I thought it was offside, and two, in the second half... That same, very same linesman had the opportunity to give an offside where the offside player was literally within touching distance of him, literally within touching distance of him and clearly offside and failed to give it. Wow. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. He was two, two or three yards, probably two yards behind the last man. And literally the linesman could have put his arm out and touched him on the shoulder mm. and didn't give it. So I would suggest he was probably offside. It doesn't make any difference at the end of the day, does it? It makes no difference at all because we've got to defend better. Uh, it's, that's the bottom line. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm not going to moan and say that we lost because of, you know, a, a Gavin Ward type decision. We didn't. We lost because we didn't defend well enough. Um, so, but yeah, there is, there is a suspicion he were off, but got to do better. Yeah, Michael Fairbank uh, suggests that Chiel may have been playing Ronnie and Bradley said he was in line, not if side. I was in line with the main stand valid goal. If it was, fair enough. Fair enough. If it was, there's big, there's big questions to be had. Um, but Donald London's on your side, mate. 100% offside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, you know, it, it's difficult to tell, and you know, you can't, you can't look it, you can't watch it back because of um, because the, the the replay doesn't show it, and we we weren't in line with it. So, you know, I'll take on board what people have said. 
Um, but I, I, you know, if the lies would tell me it were onside, then I wouldn't believe him. <laughs> I, well, I wouldn't. No, I know what you mean, no. Um, and that was, it was obviously goals change games, Will, and that's a really obvious thing to say for anyone who doesn't watch football. It, it really sounds really obvious, but that, that 60 seconds, 90 seconds after that goal went in, it almost felt inevitable they were going to score. And I know, but I feel a bit sorry for Barlas. He does get caught on ball once or twice. He just, it's just punished us. And that's what, if, if, we, if we're looking to get promoted, this is what's going to happen last season. We've got to get a bit more wiser to, if somebody loses it, yeah, he shouldn't have lost it, but we've got to do better after that. For sure. I mean, just nipping back to the previous point that you made, Mick, yeah, I completely agree that, you know, um, in terms of the offside, one way or another, I thought he were onside, personally. Mm. Um, but you've got to defend that so, so yeah. much better. And yeah, yeah. for those five minutes there, it felt like I was watching a Rotherham United side in the Championship, where mm. we have a dodgy moment, and then for mm. five minutes, we completely fall apart. And that was the most disappointing thing for me. I guess... My biggest question really on that is Harry Darling is the guy that scores the first goal there. Um, why is Ben Wiles marking Harry Darling? Should that not be a centre-back? Mm. I, I would question yeah. that from my perspective because he is someone that wins a lot of headers for MK in those situations. So I think personally we were set, we were set up incorrectly, but that's my opinion and I'm entitled to that. In terms of the second goal... First and foremost, Dan needs to get a shout from Icky or from a surrounding player to say that there's a man on. He doesn't get that. He should get rid of it, but he doesn't. And then the defending from there is nothing short of shambolic, to be honest, um, putting it politely. And we got all we deserved. It were a, a great finish from, from Moise. Mm. Good player, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a, very good player. a really good player, that lad. Yeah, and this is why I say these are not the championship team. They may well, they still will, may well go up, but they have some championship quality players. They will punish you for those mistakes, uh, and that's what we knew was going to happen. And I suppose very many mistakes we've made over the last few weeks. It's quite an, almost inevitable. Um, there's questions over the defence, Danny. I know MK does didn't have many chances, but whenever they got us, we looked dodgy. Will mentioned the chance after a, a minute or whatever it was, um, and the, the two goals, another incident or two. It was really strange. It would look like they'd not played together. This is Icky, <laughs> up until four games ago, we were saying he was contender for player at season and was playing like he didn't really know his position very well. And I didn't think Matic had his best game at all. Harding was fairly solid individually, but as a three-man unit, it didn't work. Now, the obvious question is, why didn't Richard Wood play? But mm. I don't think he played in the reverse fixture and we were brilliant. And I think Will's right. In what he said with the mobility was key against teams like that, but that it's down to the three guys on the pitch. And I don't understand where that performance has come from, really. Yeah, like Will says, the mobility didn't call for Richard Wood in the back line. But in terms of how the, uh, the how they were as a cohesive unit, we did need Woody organising them and keeping them and, and effectively marshalling them as a defensive line. And we didn't have that. And MK have, have, smelt, have smelt the blood of that and then exploited it. But... Over the last few games, our defence has been a little bit wobbly. We've not conceded, but in terms of letting chances pass them, we have been a little bit wobbly. It's like at Plymouth we were a bit wobbly and somehow didn't concede, thanks in part to the heroics of Josh Vickers. Same with Shrewsbury. How we didn't concede against Shrewsbury, I do not know. Again, down to Josh Vickers and the post. Whereas today, we've come up against a team with a real quality front line and they've 
if effectively pulled the pants down, gone through us and scored twice with 10 men, which I think is a stressing point. 10 men, MK Dons, outplayed 11-man Rotherham. And to be to be perfectly honest, I thought MK Dons had an extra man on the pitch. I actually counted their players a few times, like, has, actually, has one of them been sent off? Or have they just brought somebody on and no one's noticed? You know, and they absolutely outclassed our back line. And I mean, this is one of the best defences in England we're talking about. They've completely pulled pants down and gone through us. And I think it is down to the cohesion between the three of them, which again called for Richard Wood marshalling them. But I don't know. I don't know. A few people said it were coming. I mean, yeah, I see the point. But I think the way that we've lost sort of embarrassed ourselves a little bit, if that makes sense. Just mm. just a couple of points on that, if I may. So in terms of the performance and the fact that we've conceded two goals, I don't think we can be completely surprised by what's happened yesterday because for a long time we've been giving up a lot of chances to a lot of sides mm. and MK are a good enough side to be able to take those chances. For me, the issue in the defence is concentration. It seems little, mm. little lapses here and there uh, are the yeah. things that are costing us. It's, and it's... To be honest, it's probably down to the schedule. It's probably down to the mm. fact that Michael Hecway has played pretty I'm much every this. game of the season yeah. so far. Mm. Uh, and mentally, that is so difficult to do. And, you know, I, I couldn't do it. So, you know, mm. hats off him to be able to do it. Um, and now having Reg coming back into that back line, Woody as well, um, is really going to help, I think. Just, just freshen it from a mental perspective. But um, that was... The, the concern and, and why I think yesterday probably happened. You Just a couple of laps in concentration and against quality opposition, sadly, you get punished. And that's what happened for five minutes yesterday. Yeah, yeah. same thing happened against Shrewsbury, to be fair, when their absolute thunderous strike hit the post. It was that concentration thing of not pushing out straight away, just that little holding back, if that makes sense. Like, we're not out to win the ball straight away. It's like, oh, ball's gone. We can, you know, sit back a little bit. But it's that... Like you say, Will, it's that mental concentration and to keep up for a season is effectively inhuman. You know, that's something that the best of the best do. But I think that's why Wednesday can't come soon enough. Just gives everybody a little bit of a rest and mental switch off from the game at hand and might even help Icky out, um, regain his concentration as well. Yeah. It, it, it strikes me a bit strange as well. Uh, and this is down to fitness levels and illness levels in the midweek. But it seems a bit strange. This game would fail to make up if Angus McDowell could have managed 90 minutes. This game would have suited Angus McDowell better than Tuesday night. I mean, MK Dons are a much better team. The concentration levels have got to be there, which for the most part, when Angus has been on the pitch, they are there. That feels like a much more sensible... You've got Wes Arden, who is not a natural centre-back, and Joe Matic, who is not a natural centre-back, with Icky in the middle of who's played a 1,000 million minutes this, this month. I'm not necessarily sure that that, is, that they've got the, the minutes right the right way around for Angus. I accept he can't play two games in short days at the minute. I accept that. Mm. That's fine. But I feel like this game would have suited him better than Matic makes. Again, Matic was okay and he was fine. But we needed the defence, like the constraints to be, to be stepped up. And that level of experience in that position, I think, would have helped Icky. I would have helped Debbie out. Easier said than done. <clears throat> yeah, I think it would. Um, I... I... I love Joe Matic. I think he's brilliant. He's been a fantastic servant to our club. However, I think the switch up from um, left back, left wing back to to left side of centre half, um, he's not made that switch yet. Um, he's good enough, and 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 you know he's experienced enough to do that. But his, his positioning at times leaves a lot to be desired. 
Um, there were a couple of times, certainly that that chance in the first minute came down that side because he was out of position. Um, I think I said to you sometime at first half, what's he, what's uh, Matt, Joe Matic doing across there? Some, somewhere just behind Chio on right-hand side, putting in a challenge. Um, the, the goal, the first goal came from a position really where that left-sided centre-back should have been. So... I'm not pulling. Listen, I'm not having a pop at Joe Matic. I'm not because he's a he's a cracking footballer, absolute great servant to the club. But I, I wonder whether the experience of Angus McDonald would have been a better call with hindsight. I wonder if That's that would it. have been a better call. Um, and if you know, if 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 we all had hindsight, then we'd all be managing Premier League champions, wouldn't we? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. <laughs> Yeah, very, very frustrating. But if that chance goes in first half, we'll just for 44 minutes from Freddie Lidapo, if the air shot goes in, we are, we're talking different game. That, that It could have gone on to more. It, it just needed one more chance to go away and, and put them to bed. Yeah, I mean, if, if you look at tactically what was happening in that situation, as Mick mentioned, uh, Lewington had, had got himself a yellow card needlessly. Um, and Scott Twine is a player that is, does not like going towards his, uh, his own goal. So there was space in behind for Chio, um, you know, up against Lewington to cause a lot of problems. And Ben Wiles' wonderful ball uh, through in between uh, Lewington and the, the centre-back causes causes issues. And Ben squared it to, to Freddie and sadly he's not been able to, to make contact with the ball. And, you know, it's those key, key moments that, that didn't go for us yesterday. I think if we go into... Half time, two nil up. Um, it's a very, very different game, and that's what we needed to do. We gave them the opportunity to to get into half time, regroup, change their shape, which they did. Um, and you know, unfortunately, that that didn't go in, and that was one of the key uh, key disappointments from yesterday. Yeah, and it's even more frustrating today because we sussed them out. Sussed them out is I think we did it pre game. We pressed them. They did what we thought they might have not done. And they continue to play around the back. And we really did suffocate them at times. We've put them under so much pressure. And that from a, again, from our from a positive point of view, was brilliant. We were so good at him. It didn't result to many calls other than the one. But that was a really positive way for us to set up. And I, I enjoyed watching that part of the game, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think um the way the way MK were knocking it around the back, like like we said on the podcast, it suits the way we press we high press. Um, but that the way that they played almost well, it, well, it did. It changed second half. It changed to a, a very aggressive style of football. That mm. I think the thing that's the thing that's it is. It's like oh wow, this is a different team. They're going for it with ten men, mm. and then first goal goes in, rattled us. Second goal, that's that's the thing that stunned us. And it took us until probably seventy five minutes to mount to mount a really serious attack after that. Um. But going back to Freddie, he's turning into Mr. Sitter, isn't he? <laughs> you know, because there's been a few times this season where the ball has been played expertly by Chio or by Wiles or whoever, and he swung his left leg at it and nothing's happened. He's kicked fresh air. If he, if he takes it with his right foot, it's, it's nine out of ten times it's a goal. But when he puts it onto his left foot, it's a bit, you know, I, can't, I don't know if it was this season or season or or wherever, but there was a ball that was played across a six-yard box and he swung it, and it, I think it were either to equalise or to score winner. Uh, it might have been against yeah. against Crew, maybe. That's um, what he's it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it, 
Uh, I, I don't know if Freddie, he's been, he's been in a really good vein of form over the last month. You were our top scorer, but it's coming to this month, swung his leg at it. And, you know, if, if it wasn't for the injury, I don't know how they, they'd set up with him. It's like, would that be a knock to his confidence anyway? Because he's swung and he's missed, you know, because Freddie's one of them players where he hits a fantastic vein of form and then goes missing for a little bit. But yeah. it's very unfortunate with his injury, though. However, we could see a bit more of Georgie Kelly if he's ready. Because mm-hmm. the front line will now be Smith and KO'd, aren't it? Yeah, yeah I said so. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Ann Simpson asks, what's the Freddie injury? Sounds like a quad injury. Mm-hmm. Um, from Paul Davis' article, he's going in for a scan on Monday. Uh, Warren expects two weeks. There, thereabouts, anyway. Um, yeah, let us move on to some substitutions because we always love talking about substitutions. Um, make the flow, yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, obviously made three substitutions. The first one was Shane Ferguson for side 2 2, and more positive for me, Mick. I thought this was his comfortably his best performance for the club. He was he was a little bit like Chio, but the end product was, was poor, poorer. Uh, it was very direct. He's, he showed his pace. It makes it very difficult for defenders going at him. And I don't think Ferguson was terrible. As it turns out, Ferguson was the one that had been ill all week. So that's why that's why he came off so early. But aside mm. Tutu, I was very impressed with him for what he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's he's, he's a promising player, isn't he? He's still got a lot of work to do, though, in my view. Um, he's sure, great yeah. going forward there, without a doubt. You know his pace, and he takes a player takes players on. Challenges them by running at them and into the box, you know, really creates problems for him. And he's, yeah, his final ball is not great at the moment, but I put that possibly down to more of a lack of fitness more than anything else. Um, my concern with him is that within that, in that last, when he swapped over to the right hand side after Bowler had come on, uh, we got a better view of him and, and, and his, his positioning, you know, we play the ball across the back, trying to, trying to find that opening and his positioning. He's, he's, he's too far up the pitch or he's too close to the defender. He's, he's, he's just not in the right position to receive that ball off one of the centre-backs. Now, I don't know whether that's... I don't know what that is. I don't know whether that's a bit of naivety, whether it's it's just a lack of fit. I don't know, lack of fitness or what. But um, I felt his positioning was poor. And, and I've noticed that a couple of times before. And, but to be fair, Chio was was... Maybe that's just the way they're playing. You know where they're told to, to, to position themselves because Chio, I thought, felt was not whilst in a lot of space, was not really in a position to receive a pass. I don't know whether that makes sense or not, but it, it, yeah, he's a good player. He's fast. He's quick, direct, but he needs to work on his position and his defensive duties a bit more. But he's a, he's a real big promise, promising prospect. Mm. Yeah, is improving, which is what we want. He needs to keep improving, improving. I suspect we might see him on Wednesday, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, the second sub brought JJ on for Dan Barlasser. Uh, now, we changed formation, which we don't normally do, to be honest with you. We went 3-4-3. And I am not a fan of when we change formation. I think it, it sets us into a panic. We were already panicking, as it were. And I feel whenever we change formation, uh, it's especially to two, only two central midfielders and three strikers, it just feels like we're panicking. It doesn't strike Panek in the opposition. It, it doesn't feel settled. Uh, Will, and I thought that Barlasa would be a good guy to keep on because he could have tried to lock those balls in midfield. We then stopped playing through the middle whilst also not playing out wide at the same time. It was a really strange 15, 20 minutes at the end. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, we didn't really play through the middle 
at all throughout that second half. Um, and to be honest, I understood the sub- substitution because um, an extra striker on the pitch, get a ball into the box, you've got an extra person attacking the ball. Um, the disappointment for me was the quality into the box throughout the first and the second half simply wasn't good enough um, to how we want to play. We actually only put 28 crosses into the box yesterday, which is one of our lowest numbers, I think. Um, so it sort of, it felt like we were going against what we were trying to do. Um, and I mean, a lot of credit to to MK for, for stopping us from playing that way as well. I thought that they second half managed the game really, really well. And, you know, Mick, you were talking about the position of Osse 2-2 and, and Nog Benny at times. One thing that they needed to do was get into half time and then and then change the shape. So they went from a 3-4-2 into a 4-4-1, which then meant that they were able to get more bodies out wide um, and they stopped that, that wide threat that we had. We then didn't use the middle when we had the extra man, which was disappointing for me. But also they dropped 10 yards as well. So any space that we had in behind uh, the fullbacks just was non-existent. So... Listen, they managed the game really well, um, you know, and we didn't react enough. Um, mm. But, yeah, it, it's really difficult when you've got a team that are down to 10 men um, that sit that sit 10 men behind the ball. And, you know, we didn't really move the ball quick enough, if if I'm being critical. Um, so slow on Enough of issues, mm. enough issues. Mm. Yeah, and Lima Guy points out, too much keeping possession and not confident enough to run or even push forward. No good putting through strikes if you're not getting the service, like you yeah. mentioned earlier. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, slow, laboured. It was just from side to side. And this is, again, as football fans, you know, if you move from side to side quickly, it disrupts their, their space and things like that. And it, we were doing the opposite of that. Just It was so slow, Danny. And I can't. It's one of those things that is, you will see happen on a, not on a regular basis, but in football it happens. And you sit there watching it. We, we watch other teams do this. I think you know doing it slowly is not going to work. I know you're looking for the gaps, but if you're doing it that slowly, you're not going to get what you want <clears> to do. So why aren't you doing something a bit different? I know you talk about minds, but this has got to be a little bit on the players, I suppose, more than Warner that they've got to realise you need to change, speed it up a bit. Go, 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 go. Like everything yeah. you were telling him to. Yeah, definitely. And <laughs> at times it was like watching Cha Cha slide because he slides it right and then slides it left or MK10. And it will like just move the ball quicker. I mean, it could be down to fatigue, tiredness, or whatever. But I think some credit does have to go to MK Dons. When they went down to 10 men, especially in the second half, they closed ranks very, very quickly in that 4 4 1 formation. And every time we got the ball in our back line, you saw the two rows of four. Uh, in, in the midfield of the defence and they just closed ranks and just stopped effectively us playing into space and it didn't help that we were knocking the ball about very slowly but they just put two brick walls in front of us effectively and suffocated our way of playing through the middle which like we said we didn't really do anyway but also playing it out wide when it out, went out wide you've got the wide midfielder and the wide defender straight on that attacker and it and it was just we we suffocated sort of the way they played in the first half, but they did the same towards the second half with ten men. Yeah. And like Will says, they changed the formation and very very efficiently changed the game. Two minutes of madness, and it were enough for them. And then we were on the back foot. And I think bringing the three uh, the extra striker on was kitchen kitchen sink football from us. It's it's a uh, put another attacker on 
And then we've got, like we say, another attacking player going for the ball and, and going for going for the goal. Um, I was, the only thing that impressed me was Chio playing in, in a front line like he does for Ireland. That mm. that was interesting to see. A little bit more composure on the ball and he could have made it 2-2. Um, but in terms of the way we've operated throughout the season, to suddenly shift formation to a style that we're not really used to was something that did remind me of kitchen sink football, just lump it forward, try and get a goal, you know, rather than sticking to a strength, which MK took away from us anyway, you know. So MK MK are a good side. They've played us off the park and all I can say is fair play to them, just don't do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've got to use as a wake-up call. We've got to, uh, and I'm sure we will come on to that in a minute. Cal Briggs, make this one for you. I think Bowler did decent for the short time he was on. Uh, mm. I thought it was one of the few that put some really good crosses there. And their keeper was very good at coming out to collect those crosses. Mm. I think that's maybe stopped us a little bit. But every time we've seen Bowler, yeah, I accept that he's got his limitations. But I like Bowler. He's got something. Oh, there's no, there's no doubt he's got something. I, and, and you say he's got his limitations. Yeah, he's not as fast as Chio or Tutu. That, that's his limitation. Um, he is a good, good prospect. I really like him. I'm, I'm really pleased we've got him on a permanent deal. He can put a ball in box, that lad. Um, you know, he's Mikel Miller-esque in terms of his crossing ability. Um, so, yeah, he, he impressed, he, he's impressed me every time he's played. I know he's a bit raw and I know he's young and everything else. So he's, he's got a lot of work to do um, to, to, to really get up to speed. But once he is up to speed, I think he's going to be a quality acquisition, that lad. Absolutely. Um, one thing I would say, I, would have, I, I was absolutely desperate for 2-2 to score the, uh, score the equaliser yesterday. You know, just so I could listen to commentary afterwards, it would have been fantastic, but <laughs> it didn't happen, did it? No, it didn't happen, unfortunately. Um, quick word on the referee. I don't know how quick this is going to be for Mick, but I'll start with somebody else first. <laughs> um, it was a game of two halves from the referee. Well, I'll come to you on this one, because I think he got the penalty decision right, and I think a lot of referees could have bottled that in the, in the magnitude of the game. I think it would have been easy to say, oh, I didn't see it. You know, I don't think he did it. But it was a brave call. It was the right call. But in the second half, I thought he just fell into a sort of standard, not marshalling any time wasting, giving silly free kicks where he didn't need to. I felt like it was a real game of two halves for the referee. Um, to some extent, I agree with that. Um, I think the penalty was a penalty. Um, and I guess my only criticism of the penalty was, um, if, I wish he wouldn't have gave the red card. Um, because it's <laughs> the game. Um, but listen, it was the right decision at the end. I think we possibly could have had uh, a penalty at the end of the first half. Um, Definitely. Either mm-hmm. from uh, Rathbone, the tackle on Rathbone yeah. from the keeper, or a handball, um, you know, when Freddie's mm. flung something at it. And definitely second half against Ben Wiles. Um, well, for Ben Wiles, sorry. Um, yeah, to be honest, I, I don't buy too much into um, the referee having a bad game second half. Just thought that MK did what any team would do um, when the two one up. They slowed the game down. We didn't really react to it. We were a little bit petulant and gave away some very stupid fouls, a couple hands in the back. That, we didn't yeah. need to. Um, yeah. and I think we created our own issues in that respect. But there were some iffy decisions. But overall, I thought the referee. I had a pretty decent game, to be honest. Maybe Mick Maybe. disagree. <laughs> Go on, Mick. Um, I'm trying to think back as, as Will's talking there. 
I, I'm trying to think back of uh, to, to that second half and and any of the any particularly contentious decisions that he made. I'm sure there must have been some. It did feel. I, I, I'm with you, Matt. It did feel as though, you know, that, that it was a game of two halves. He refereed us against Sheffield Wednesday, um, yeah. and coincidentally gave us a penalty in the first half, which wasn't a penalty. Um, and then in the second half, my memory of that game is that he sort of realised probably it weren't a penalty and, and worked and, and, and gave a lot of stuff against us that he wouldn't necessarily have done. Looking back at yesterday, I feel he probably did the same. Um, although it was a penalty and it was a red card, he got that absolutely bang on right. You know, if you take that incident for me in, in, in isolation, I thought as a referee, he dealt with that absolutely excellently. Really, really good. It was absolutely positive, straight in there. Penalty, clearly a red card. Made, you know, it, it was, it was, it was really good. Bit of refereeing. Um, so yeah, he did make some mistakes, and, and I'm with Will. That that foul on Rathbone at the end of the first half by the goalkeeper. How that's not a penalty is just utterly beyond me. I mean, the ball is 15 yards away when the goalkeeper makes contact with Rathbone. It's it's out of play. It's not out of place. Sorry, it's it's dribbling towards the corner flag. Um, you know, it, it was a definite penalty. I'm I not guess, com- I on, guess the other side of that possibly could be that he's, Rathbone's not in control of the, the ball and that's mm, why he's not getting play. it. Yeah. Neither is the goalkeeper, mm. though. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 swings and roundabouts. I don't think the foul on Ben Wiles was a penalty. I thought that was a dive, personally. Um, I know I know everybody around me. <laughs> yeah, you, you also that, thought when Chio got barged out of play that that weren't a foul at all. I didn't think it was, no. I didn't think it was. Um, I, I think I think both I think there are times uh, we certainly with Chio on that occasion he had been fouled it had been fouled a number of times and they would not been given and I think he just tried to buy one that time to see if they were, he was going to get one but anyway um, yeah I'm not going to rant about the ref yeah he had some he gave a few hours he gave a few good decisions he's a league one referee you know you, you, you know what you're going to get so um We've got nobody else to blame apart from ourselves for, for, for that defeat yesterday, but but we are now at the beginning of March and that is only our sixth defeat of the season. Yeah. So, <clears throat> listen, you know, after everything, we, you, let's just keep things in perspective here, folks, you know. We're top of the league. Yeah. Uh, and if I go to you in August, Matt, you know, come March, you're going to be seven points clear of third with ten games to play. Would you take it? Yes. How many I mean, hands would you I'm snatch not, off? I would snatch all your hands off. Uh, yeah, exactly. But I'm going to have counteract that and say, yes, like, yes, you're absolutely right. You are 100% right. We're seven points clear with 10 games to go. MK Dons play on Tuesday. They play at home to Cheltenham. We should fancy him. So yeah. the chances are that by the time we play again, they will only be four points behind us with the game in hand. Now, we next Saturday, which we'll preview later on, we've got Wickham, which we know how tough that's going to be. So if we don't pick anything up next Saturday or pick a point up, which would be a good result, I think a point away from home Wigan would be a good result. And MK Dons managed to beat Wigan, which is entirely possible because MK Dons are a brilliant team. We could find ourselves with one or two points off the third place, which that's all. That's a, that's a doomsday prediction, you know that, but but an entirely possible and plausible prediction. Um, this is when, when we lose one game. That's where my mind goes because I'm a Rotherham <laughs> fan and I know what can happen. Um, I think we'll be fine, but we. I, if we'd have won, 
we would have definitely 100% been fine. And that's frustration. That's the word, Matt, though, isn't it? The word is frustration. That's all. You know, it's not panic. It's not, let's not just start throwing Teddy's eye at court. I, I've kept myself off social media. I don't know what it's been like. I assume there'll have been some people calling for somebody. There's, to be there's been some absolute owlers on social media, mate. Oh, some absolute owlers. I bet there has. There's some right clowns on there, and they're absolute clowns. My favourite one was about us uh, bottling promotion now because we've lost to MK Dons. It's like, oh. I mean, granted, yes, in the podcast, in the last few episodes, we'll be saying if we beat MK Dons, we're effectively promoted, which, yes, I, I agree, was, was probably true. But it's that passive nature of being a Rotherham fan. It's like, yeah, but what if we lose? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, mate, we've only just moved past the point in the season where we can count the number of league losses on more than one hand. Yeah. You know, for, yeah. since we lost to um, Fleetwood, Fleetwood. Yeah. it's been five five losses for the whole season <clears throat> and only two losses at home. Now it's three. So, mm. um but yeah, I think I think a lot of fans have pressed the doomsday button of like you know that's it. I can't see us getting X amount of wins for the whole season. Yeah, you know, but I think we need about probably four, maybe five wins from the next ten. And four and a couple of draws will do as well, won't it? Yeah, four and a couple of draws, and you know, for a team of this quality, that is probably doable. But it's now down to ourselves to not completely stumble and fall flat on our faces, to stumble but keep pick our sends up and keep going. No, it's a, it's a marathon, not a not a sprint this season. And now we're into the last probably two hundred meters of the race. Are we going to fall flat on the faces, or are we going to pick our hands up and and go again? Um, I think it's the latter personally, because this team is one of the best Rotherham squads ever assembled in our history in terms of numbers. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, I think what the main thing is the MK result is a reality check. Teams can still beat us this season. We're not going to go. Well, we haven't, but we're not going to go the rest of the season unbeaten because teams will want to come and beat us. MK had that desire and they have done. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, it's just just calm heads needed. Don't get too carried away like the idiot who threw the coin at the linesman. Don't get too oh, carried yeah. away about it all. Just keep your heads, keep going, support the team, make a little bit more home atmosphere, if I'm being honest, um, and then just keep going. Easy peasy. Yeah. Can I can I touch on that if I may? I thought mm-hmm. the fans yesterday were absolutely dreadful for a, for a, a team. I mean, I'm sorry that I have to come on a podcast and say this, but we were absolutely silent. And for a game of that magnitude, when you know the players, you know, really, really needed the fans. The fans, I thought yesterday, let them down, um, and and really should have done a lot more than we actually did. We needed to get behind them. They played with fear, as Warney said. Um, I think, for me, the side was passing was was mental. Um, I think mm. we needed um, a player to really take the bull by the horns. And for me, there was only really when Ben Wiles that were trying to be creative and look for solutions. Um, but the crowd really have to get behind them. You know, we're football supporters by definition. We need to show that support to the team when they need that. Yeah, 100%. Were nerv- there, were ner- there were nervousness from ever from the players yeah. and that, that whether it seeped to the fans or seeped from the fans to the players. I don't I don't know which way round it was, but that's that's what it felt like. Um, yeah, I completely agree. It was strange. I was expecting a really good atmosphere. I really was expecting the place to be sort of bouncing a little bit. Um, strange, 
strange, very strange. Um, yeah. It does. It's, I wonder if I wonder if it goes back to what we've talked about many times here. You know about the, the the way that football supporters in general are nowadays. You know, and and you know we're seeing when we're winning kind of um, approach to, to to supporting a football club. I don't know. I just I'll just throw that one out there. I don't know whether it's a a generational thing or what, but um, you know it, it does seem that there's there's that there's almost. As a Rotherham supporter now, when you look back at our season so far, there's there's there's, a, there's that element of almost justifiable entitlement. You know mm. what I mean? And when it's not going your way, if you if you're not, I don't know, I don't know. It just it just feels... against against Wigan. I know that Friday, under the lights, it always is always different atmosphere. But the Wigan game weren't going our way, and I thought the atmosphere was much much better. I know they yeah, brought more fans, and that does have an impact. But mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Frustrating, very frustrating. But we're going to move on. Probably, well, we're not going to move on actually. Um, what we're going to do is have a quick look at Manscaped. Um, and then we're going to bring uh, Dylan in as a fan for this week. We'll see you in just a couple of minutes. Hello and Happy New Year from us all at New York Talk. Uh, there's only four in us, but Happy New Year. Uh, also, from my Happy New Year for my friends at Manscaped, who very kindly decided to sponsor us. Uh, they're promoting their new product. The Lawnmower 4.0, um, which is kind of well known for reducing cuts uh, and making it a lot easier to trim your balls. Uh, you can buy this separately or in a bundle called the Performance Package, which also, which in that you get a ball toner, ball toner, and ball deodorant, uh, which are actually very handy um, because they're specifically designed for your balls, so they they work very well. Uh, I would highly, I highly recommend all of this. Uh, the lawnmower, it comes with a little light, uh, comes with a little light there that comes on when you when you turn the, the razor on. So it's very good. It comes with a little charging port, oh, which is also a little holder. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I use it, and I, I highly recommend it. You highly recommend it, Ben. You highly recommend that somebody goes to manscaped.com and enters the code NYT for free shipping and 20% off. So that's manscaped.com for 20% off free shipping using the code NYT. And Ben either recommends it. I just I didn't realise that it said still the Happy New Year on that advert. Happy I New just Year. That. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. That's um, a great advert. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, you're with us. Thank you for joining us, Dylan. Thanks for having me on. Um, so as we had with Matt a few weeks ago, we're going to continue bringing the fans on every so often and um, just get you more involved. So thank you for joining us, Dylan. Um, let's start with a question you want to ask us all, another topic of conversation for us today. Yeah, just to talk on, obviously, Freddie taking the knock at, at, on Saturday uh, leaves us with very restricted striker options. Um, personally, I don't see Warney changing formation. Uh, I still see him playing with the two strikers, uh, which does only leave us, but obviously with Will Grigg out, does leave us with uh, Georgie Kelly, our only other option, who I'm not I'm not too clued up on his fitness levels at the moment, but it's a bit, a bit of a predicament for us, uh, obviously I, I'd, I'd expect Smudge and JJ to start, um, and obviously we don't know how, how long Freddie is out for, but from, from the sounds of it, it's a, it's a quad a quad injury which which could mm. be it could be a short time it could be a long time so 
sort of where do we go with the, the striker options? Good question. Will, mm-hmm. you're the fountain of all knowledge. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big, big, big claim, mate. I'm not going that far. Um, shall, shall, I, shall I just leave the room for this point then? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Danny can have that title. Um, yeah, I mean, we are a little bit short now, Dale. Uh, you're absolutely right. Um, and hopefully George is up to, up, to, up to speed and we'll see a lot more of him. I've done uh, my research and I know that he's a guy that can add a lot of value to our top line. What I would also say is we've got Mikel Miller coming back, who's played up top for Hamilton as well. So, um, although probably not a first choice for us, if we were absolutely desperate, um, there's another option there. And I think, you know, his pace and power in behind uh, could be a, a real weapon for us as well. So, Freddie's is a goal scorer at this level um, and it's disappointing to lose him, but we have got players in, uh, in reserve that I think can, can take the flak. I don't know what you guys would add to that. A Chio. Chio's always an option. Michael mm-hmm. Fairbanks mentioned yes. Diego Messi. Chio up there 2-2. Two, two, uh, we're 2-2 two, two on the right. And you mentioned earlier, Danny, Danny Chio up top, like he does for Ireland. It's probably a slightly different role than he does for Ireland. But he's like Danny mentioned, like Will mentions, he's got the same tricks of the trade that Miller has. He just needs that composure. And it could end up being a good striker. Yeah, possibly. I mean, <clears throat> the way he operates for Ireland, he's just offset from the, uh, the centre-forward. Uh, and they actually play in a two, so it'd be after be Chio and maybe JJ because he's played out wide whilst he were at Carlisle, so that's a potential. Mm. Um, but I think Wednesday really will showcase how do we operate without our main strikers effectively because I think Smith will be rested, um, so it, it could be a, um, a Kelly and Coyote up front. But I think the main thing we with Georgie is that he's coming from part time football in Ireland, I think there are only two or three professional clubs. In the top division in Ireland, and I think it's Bohemians, Shamrock Rovers, and Derry City. I think. Um, so yeah, the, are they Northern? Where, sorry, Dundalk. Uh, that's Northern Ireland's league. Okay. But yeah, so he's coming from a not to knock the league Ireland, but a lower intensity league in terms of um, running the ball and really keeping up your fitness for for a game that he plays your job. So he's come in and obviously he's not Miller's fit um, because of his lack of game time from November because their league stopped. But I think we could probably squeak out at least 60 minutes of him against Hartlepool, that's for sure. And then either bring Smith on or play someone else up top, maybe bring one of the younguns in, maybe Gratton, potentially bring him in for a bit. Or even, um, what's the other lad called, um, Greaves, bring him in as well. Mm. So we do have options certainly for the car, for the um, for the Hartlepool game, but I think in terms of league football, it'll be Smith and KO'd until Freddie's back, which hopefully will be two weeks. Hopefully, yeah, I think it probably will be um, JJ and Smithy. Um, I, if I'm honest with you, you know, you know, back in January we looked uh, and Freddie had put in this transfer request, and you know he was going to go, and and. I don't think any of us were massively, with the exception of Donna, I don't think any of us were massively disappointed about it, you know? uh, You know, because we felt, I I felt, well, maybe I'm just just speaking for myself, I felt that we we, we were in a position to be able to replace him with JJ, I think, can do the same job, possibly even better in terms of his pace, in terms of his work rate. He's finishing, obviously... Is up for debate at the moment. We've not had the opportunity to see 
you know how good he is at that. We brought Georgie Kelly in, and 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 I'm I'm with Danny. I think he's he's more than capable, surely now, of of giving us sixty minutes or so. Interestingly, he's not been on the bench at all um, for 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 the last few games. So I'm not really sure what um, what the situation is there. Whether he's picked up an injury and illness, or whether he's just that's how the cards have fallen. Um, but then Freddie came back and obviously started playing really well and, and scoring the goals. But but. You know, we, we've seen it time and time with Freddie. You know, he go, he does go in those phases, doesn't he? You know, and he's come back, he's banged a few in, and now he's starting to miss a few easy one, easy opportunities, and then he drops off. Then he comes back, works hard, gets his goals, starts missing a few, and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? So maybe this is not a bad time for Freddie to pick up that injury from a Rotherham United point of view. Not yeah. from a Freddie Ladapo point of view, clearly, um, and and yeah, JJ will come in, and I think we'll see some more of Georgie Kelly. Um, I'm not worried particularly about it because we've got goals elsewhere as well, as you've said. Mikel Miller's coming back. Chio can play up there. You know, it, it's not a massive issue in my view. Um, it just gets, opens up another opportunity for uh, for other players. So. Mm. It just feels a bit panicky when in January in January we had five strikers. Now we're down to three. Um, yeah, but that's injuries, isn't it? You know? Yeah, it's football season, isn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, we've we got so lucky up to that point where we've not had any long term injuries, and it was always going to happen. You know, we were always going to get players dropping out for periods of time through injury. It's it's just inevitable. You know, you're not going to go through a full season without it. So, yeah, but we've got players coming back, as you said. So. I'm not too worried about it personally, but then I'm not manager. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, before we move on, Dylan, do you want to give us your brief thoughts on yesterday, the f- frustration um, and performance overall? We may have lost Dylan. Oh, Dylan's gone. We've lost Dylan. We'll get him back. Oh, no. <laughs> que- question and a dip there from Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and get Dylan back. Uh, I'll my, if he comes back in, I will, I will bring Dylan back in. Uh, right, let's move on. That's that's 50 minutes, 52 minutes whinging, and I do feel a bit better having talked it out. Uh, it feels a bit, <laughs> a bit like therapy, Matt. Is that, is it is. It's, do you know when I first started doing this? One of the reasons I started doing this podcast is because I get in, get in my own head, and it bothers me for days at times. Our phones, so I think, <laughs> you know, a bit of therapy. It does make me feel better when we talk about it, to be honest with you. So thank you, everybody. Thank you. All. No, no, I think the real reason is that your missus was sick of you moping on the settee. It's like, what's up with your map football? <laughs> <laughs> there is that. That's true. Uh, <laughs> um, now on to our first chance of women visit for four years. We go to Vic- the Victoria ground on Wednesday night. Why it's on a Wednesday night is frustrating, but that's another topic for the EFL to deal with. Um, we did ref chat last week. I'll recap for anybody that wasn't listening. Bobby Madley. With the referee on Wednesday night. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Uh, <laughs> um, we'll mind so everybody. Awesome to say. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> Anyone who knows Bobby Mandley, you know. But anyway, I won't repeat it. Uh, Dylan's back. You were with us, I'm, Dylan. I'm back. <laughs> a, a technical a technical fault on my end there. Just tell you with us. Um, so we're like looking ahead to Wednesday. How are you feeling, Dylan, for Wednesday? I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm unsure how I feel. Are you excited? All right. What are you feeling about it? 
I've I've got I've got mixed feelings. You know, it's 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 a pizza cup game, but you know, I've I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter about people just saying drop drop the cup completely and and focus on the league, which I think is a, a ridiculous shout. Um, in the, at the end of the day, it's only an extra two games, uh, an extra two games that Wigan will be looking to 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 play anyway. Um, and you know, midweek games where other teams have midweek games as well. So I think definitely keep on with the cup. Um, it's a game that we can win, um, even with with the sides that we've been putting out, putting out in the cup. So we look to it maybe just to win the game and get to the final. I think the fans, definitely the players, deserve that trip to Wembley. Um, with, the, with the football we've been playing this season and and the class that we've been, uh, the players definitely deserve to to lift the trophy at the end of the season. Um, albeit the the pizza trophy, but you know, it's it's silverware at the end of the day. So I think I think we we've got to we've got to go for it for any as any other game, um, you know, and 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 try and win the thing. Mm. Yeah, no, I do agree. Uh, I, I, uh, Saturday's killed me a bit, a little bit. I I, I was on the fence a little bit with pizza trophy anyway, and I just can't. I, I just couldn't see past yesterday. That was that. That was our, That was almost our cup final. Um, and I can't say, I'm sure Wednesday morning I'll be well up for it. I'll, I'll be really excited for it, but I'm just, uh, Saturday's killed my enthusiasm, Mick. Where's, where are you on on that scale? I'm still where I've always been. I, I, I'm torn. I've been in a bit of a conversation prior to the podcast, actually, with Ian, Ian Bradley, who I've noticed who was in the comments, and, and, and Ian is dead set against this competition. He's absolutely, I mean, he's just, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't explain to you how, against this competition he is and i get it i fully get it you know I, I, all these issues with the premier league b teams and all this nonsense i i really genuinely do get get why people don't like it it's it's just it's just outrageous that side of it but i'm not as principled as ian and i see the fact that if we win this competition there could be i don't know somewhere I, I, I'm, I'm hearing rumours of somewhere in the region of a million pounds coming our way in prize money. Um, so at that point, my principles are out the window because if my club's going to get a million quid, you know, to, to well, hey, listen, I'm, 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 I'll nail my course at mass, mate. You know, you can buy me; it's not a problem. <laughs> you, you know, you can buy my enthusiasm for a competition if you're going to give my club a million pounds. How much would it cost? For you to go on a Wednesday podcast and do it seriously. I know what. On the Sheffield Wednesday podcast. If you're if you're open to be paid, if a Wednesday podcast wanted to come and have you, how much would that cost? Oh, I don't know. They won't be able to afford it. If you can't afford to ask the pitch, mate, they're not going to be able to afford to get another on the podcast. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, I, what was question? Uh, what do I think about Wednesday? Or, or, or this coming Wednesday. 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 Yeah. Yeah, 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 don't, yeah. don't mate, you'll trigger him on, tri- on Twitter again. I had that misfortune <laughs> the other day by pointing out how close our form was and how we're unbeaten and the only game they've lost was against us. And they parked up in the comments, like, lad, they didn't even tag you, innit? Like, why are you here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, listen, I hope we win. It'd be great. It'd be good to, it, it's, it'd be good to, to get that money into club. You know, I'm not interested in the, in the competition, frankly. Um, but... Uh, a Wembley win and and a, and a big prize fund would be great for us. It'd be great for the club. It'd be great for be great for Tony Stewart to to bolster coffers so he don't have to. Mm. 
and put another trophy cabinet as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Danny and Will, I think you two will both be there. Um, and only I think there's only 700 tickets they've given us, something like that. It's not a lot of tickets they've sold, they've sold us. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but we've sold them out, so that's all that matters. That is true. <laughs> yeah. And we had some good days at Hartlepool before, going back to the 99 promotion uh, with Guy Branston and Leo Fortune West with the goals. Potentially, Danny, another great night up in Hartlepool. Not, not many people can sell that. No, I mean... <laughs> The only the only thing that's probably done myself in and a few away fans in is that we've gone from one end of the country to the other in the space of a fortnight. <laughs> now we've we've done Plymouth, the quick stop off in Shrewsbury, and now we're up north at Hartlepool. Um, and I think Hartlepool's nickname's the Monkey Hang, isn't it? Mm. It is, yes. Do you know yeah. the, you know the story behind that, don't you? Yeah, they, they hung a monkey for being a German spy, which is like okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, it, it, should, it should be a good game. It's probably our highest attendance in the Pizza Cup all competition. Mm. Uh, I think the highest one was Cambridge in the quarterfinal. I think it only, yeah, just about 2,000. Now we've got seven odd thousand at the Victoria ground. But that's what you get when you're playing top of League One, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it should, be, it should be a good game. Nice to see a few other faces that we haven't seen much of this season. Um, and I'm more looking forward to having a drink in town before getting on the bus and all on a steep flat. Yes, yes, Saturday, yeah, blow away up cobwebs from Saturday. Off we go again, easy, yeah, absolutely. Dylan, will you, Dylan, will you be going? Uh, I'm not going now. The joys of watching on Sky, like yeah, everyone else, yeah. <laughs> or the watch along, or the watch along, the watch along, yeah. watch along, yeah, exactly. The what we're doing a watch along, you mate. I wake up, lad. All right, okay, Probably. yes, we are, yes. Oh, <laughs> Uh, the last two meetings between Rotherham and Hartlepool have both been in the Football League Trophy, 2006-2013. Uh, um, this will be our fifth meeting overall in the competition. Sorry. Uh, we've won three out of four so far, which is not which is all right. Um, we'll talk about talk, tell me about your excitement levels, but then also how do you think we'll set up as well? What, what lineup do you expect to see? Ooh. I mean, the second part of that question is difficult to answer, to be honest. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Um, but in terms of the excitement levels, it's another, it's a great opportunity for some silverware, isn't it? I know it divides opinions. I don't agree with the politics behind um, the, the trophy. And I think at times being in the trophy this season has hampered us from a fitness point of view, um, but also probably helped us from a momentum point of view as well. Um, in some respects. Um, good chance for players to, to go to Wembley that haven't been before. Always a great day uh, when Millers go down to uh, go down to Wembley um, and hopefully we can fetch back some uh, some trophy if we uh, if we get there. It's, it's a difficult one. Um, you know, on the night, it's two teams that are both going to fancy it. Um, you know, Wembley is is the ultimate um, ultimate goal as a player, isn't it? So it gives you probably an extra five or ten percent. But I, I've no idea what to expect. All I know is, you know, I'm going to be heading there um, with seven hundred Rotherham fans, expectant, hopefully um, that we can get to Wembley and uh, have another great day there. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully we can get there. Um, yeah, nice sunny day in April down at what's on a Sunday day, a Sunday afternoon will be, will be lovely. Um, but yeah, we talked, mentioned there about what I think Dylan it's basically darts at a wall almost picking this team. We know we're going to see some changes, quite probably quite a lot of changes. 
You'd expect probably to see Bowler in there. You'd expect probably a Dauphin will, will start in the midfield. Vic, Victor will come in in goal. Um, other than that, it's really difficult to pick the rest of the team or, or to know what Warner will pick as the rest of the team, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. I think, yeah, definitely. I've, I've, I've enjoyed watching a Dauphin play uh, when he's played this season. And I think, like, like you said earlier, Bowler, uh, when he came on, um, on or yesterday, I thought he was the the spark that was missing from the second half. Um, apart from that, m- maybe a Georgie Kelly appearance. Uh, hopefully, a Georgie oh. Kelly uh, appearance and a, a, a Victor a Victor appearance as well. I think they they share the the keepers do share a, a good relationship from what from a mm. fan's perspective. Uh, so it'd be nice to see Victor back in the team as well. And um, mm. yeah, just get some game time. But as as far as the the, the full team, I, I I I couldn't even hazard a guess with uh, with what Warren is trying to, you know, if he's resting players or if he's you know if he's going for this full on. Uh, I don't expect a, a a full strength eleven. Mm. Um, but yeah, definitely a few changes. Yeah, Danny, you've shown us your pad, so I assume you've got, <laughs> you've got a lineup prediction for us. Yeah, I think so. Um... I think us sticking with three five two will probably upset Hartlepool because they've more or less played a four three three for the majority of their games, and it's done them all right. The twelfth in League Two, um, maybe mounting a late playoff push, twelve points off it at the minute, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. But I think Hartlepool will be the same as us; they'll go all change as well. Maybe keep one or two major first teamers in, like maybe Featherstone, maybe Boggle. That'd be an interesting one because we were after mm. him for a little bit. Um, and then probably change their keeper and have uh, Killip on the bench. But anyway, uh, for us, like we say, probably Johansson will come in um, because now that Vickers is starting in the league, Johansson's made the Pizza Trophy his main outlet and he's done very well in it, to be honest. Um, maybe Wood will come in for a little bit of experience at the I was back. I thinking that. But do, you, but do you want to play him on Wednesday night when we've got to go all the way to Wickham on Saturday? Yeah, that's that's I mean, the thing. That's the thing. But you know, if you've got Angus and Reggie the side of him, maybe Icky in the middle. But I think Icky probably needs a rest. He does need a rest. Yeah, that's what. So I think Wood might just be de facto potentially. Anyway, uh, bring a Dolphin in for for Barlas, uh, Aussie on the right, Bowler or Miller, depending who's fitter on the left. Wiles, Lindsay, then Kelly and KO up front. That's mine. That I've gone for. Yeah, uh, Ian Bradley says, so Victor, he sees, Ian Bradley in the comments says, Angus, Victor, Angus, Hull, Matic, who's three, uh, Adolphin, Lindsay Wiles, Buller on left, Tutu on right, Kelly and JJ. Jake Hull's on loan at Hartlepool. Hartlepool. Yeah. <laughs> Hull might be playing, but he won't, I don't, he won't think we're playing for us. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it, the defence is the question, really, I suppose. Midfield mm. doesn't pick itself, but it's easier to change things up. Um, there's a defensive question because can Matic from play Saturday? Do you want to play Matic on a Wednesday? Shortish times between games. The same uh, question with Wood as well. Same question with Wood. Yeah, exactly. Um, not ideal having to trek all the way up to Hartlepool on a Wednesday night to then I'll trek all the way down to Wickham on a Saturday when we could have played on Tuesday. Um, that's really frustrating from Sky. Assuming it's Sky's choice. Uh, but. What do we know? Um, let's go through some predictions. Uh, Mick has left us. I'll get one prediction for him later on. Danny, predictions for Wednesday night. Um, well, I mean, the women's reserves have just won their semi-final 4-1, so why not? 
<laughs> I style. You think we'll concede away from home? Are you crazy? <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, we have conceded a fair bit in the EFL trophy, especially That's after true. the group stage, but I don't know. 4-1, I like it. Dylan, you get, you, if you get this right, you can win a street sign, a New oh, York wow. street sign from Donald London. I'll go with 3-0 and a, a doffing strike from 40 yards. There we go. Ooh. It's your goal. I mean, he yeah. likes one at Papa John's, doesn't he? Oh, he loves it. Uh, Will? Oozing confidence. I can't compete with that. I think it's going to be a little bit tighter uh, with it just being one game away from Wembley. I'll go 2-1 Millers. Cool. I like it. I'm going to go 1-1 again, like it was Cambridge, and a penalty shootout win. Oh, Matt, no, I can't cope with another penalty shootout. My heart won't take it. I've seen all three of them this season, and every time I'm on the floor when it comes to the last penalty. <laughs> ah, Jamie, so with me. Jamie in the comments, draw, win on penalties. There we go. No, no, my blood pressure's bad enough as it is. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no extra time, which is good. Uh, that's something we certainly didn't need, is extra time. Thankfully, we ain't got that, like there was in the FA Cup. Uh, Steve Grundy thinks 2-0. Cal Riggs has gone big, 5-0. And Tip Top says 2-0 as well. Um, this is the first semi-final we've had, uh, semi-final of the competition 2008-2009, which was an area final at the time. Um, so we want a day at Wembley. You know, if we lose on... If like one of those games, if we lose on Wednesday, we'll all be a bit disappointed, but we'll not be upset like we are at MK Don's game. But if we win, it'll sort of lift the mood, I think, a little bit. Um, there we go. There we go. I think we're done. Thank you all who have watched, got involved. If you like the video, like the subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and if you listen to the audio, make sure you subscribe on Apple Apple Tunes, Apple Music, or iTunes, whatever. Whenever you get it from, I don't think. Anyway, Spotify, all the stuff. You know where we are. If you aren't going on Wednesday and you're watching on Sky, or even if you're not watching on Sky, turn the volume down. Join us on join us on here. Me and Mick will be doing a watch along. Um, which will be, we'll try and make it fun. <laughs> I don't know if it will be. Uh, hopefully, it'll be better than Sky, though. Um, um, it's been brilliant. Thank you much, Danny. Pleasure talking with us as always. Yep, no worries. And just before we sign off, just want to give a shout out to her game too that was at the grounds on right. Saturday. Uh, I saw Jamie Noble and apologies, I can't remember the lass's names going round with the special edition Rotherham women's shirt, which is what they're going to wear now with her game too on the front of it. Uh, so that was great to see. Um, we had a lot of support at the grounds for that as well, uh, with all the lasses there, because they paid for the, I think it was White Earl girls under-14s, they got free tickets as well. Um, so, yeah, it's great to see the club supporting something like that. So, fair play to the, the Millers on that one. Yeah, it was that was brilliant to see. Uh, well, pleasure to have you with us as always, and we'll see you again very, very soon, hopefully. Thank you very much. Yeah, good to talk, Millers. And Dylan, thank you for coming on for your debut episode. And again, we'll hope to have you on again soon as well. Thank you very much. And I uh, hope to see you all at Wembley at some point in, uh, in yes. April. Yeah, yes. boy. Uh, thank you, guys. And we'll see you all next time. Cheers, guys.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.